videos. Check out. <laughs> Thank you. Check out his website, zenbitchslap.com. All righty. And let me take you to where have I marked this off? You're in Madeira. What about? Yeah, let me bring you to Madeira. <laughs> Um, let's go to the big book, page 66. Down towards the bottom, we turn back to the list for it held the key to the future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. We got to stay there. This All was, right. is, is that good enough? No, go ahead. Okay, this was our course. We realized that the people who had wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended us, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each other, of each and every one. Yes. Thanks, Mickey. <clears throat> You're welcome. Paul, alcoholic. Nice to see everybody. He used the word sick quite a lot in those last couple of paragraphs. Heard it about seven times. So would you treat a person uh, that was sick differently than a person that was completely responsible for everything they were doing? There would be a... A much larger view of that person per perhaps that person if they were in right mind wouldn't be doing what they're doing when they're sick so again the sense of other or disease or malady or possession or foreign pathogen or parasitical agent these ways are attempting to picture us as not that yeah that 
when we're under the influence, we tend to be completely different people than when we're not under the influence. And I'm not talking about the under the influence of alcohol, but really the under the influence, the dominant influence of self. So this whole idea uh, has been a pivotal point in my own experience. And I don't think my experience is much different than other addicts and alcoholics at all, really, because uh, the disease is not unique. We may be unique, but the disease isn't. It has its same patterns and habits and same traits. And because of that, not having an infinite amount of traits, it can be noticed. It can be recognized. And there can be a clear diagnosis of the problem, which I think Bill W. hit upon on page 64, just that idea of being convinced, which is the prerequisite of something to really change, is we got to be convinced of what they're speaking of. Like, there's an inordinate amount of faith in self. And therefore, perhaps there's a better way is living this way of life so that faith can be moved to the infinite because we're much better led and directed by the infinite than by self. It's just that simple, really. And when we're directed by self, it leads to certain common consequences we all share. They may be in different locations and different degrees, but basically, like in, they say in Narcotics Anonymous, many of us end up in the same three parking spaces, institution, jails, and death. Why is that? Obviously, it lends itself to the idea that we're sort of like a fleet of cars driven by one driver, and it's not us. You know, we call it in recovery self, but it's not us. And therefore, that one driver drives all the cars that it's able to drive to the same three parking spaces in most cases. It's so obvious after a while, if you just look at your own experience with this radical new perspective, which isn't that radical really, but let's just say that's how it says, we're going to take a radical angle and look at it. Yeah, we're going to look at the inventory and we're going to look at uh, our life and see how self has defeated us by its various manifestations, starting with an inventory of some of its common ones. That's a really good starting point, which is usually different than how we start. And if that starting point, if that theme of the starting point follows you through in your understanding of the program and how you receive its effects and, uh, and how you're you have a sense of being directed by something greater than self, and you really live in a feeling of something's doing for me and you what we couldn't do for ourselves, when basically I feel that opens us up to more uh, of the effects of recovery. Because the real recovery, obviously, is the bondage of self. Yeah. It's, that's the recovery we're, have, we're living. We're living free from the bondage of self. We've recovered from that bondage by recognizing what? How that bondage continues and how it's reinforced and its starting point, which is, I believe, an act of being identified as something that you're not. You're not doing that action. The action is doing us, so to speak. We sort of wake up in handcuffs. 
We don't remember how we got in the handcuffs, but we live as if as if we already have been handcuffed. Yeah, and then that and it's exactly what a handcuff means. It limits your range of what you can do with your arms and your hands. That's a handcuff. Well, you could call this a self cuff. It limits what you can possibly do as this long-lasting, independent, separate thing being driven by the past into a future that's going to be quite reminiscent of the past that you're living from. So, uh, yeah, this is a simple, we just keep beating the same note because I think that one note of a true diagnosis of what's going on is in every other song of recovery. It is. And I think it's the most dominant note. I mean, how are you going to buy the right ointment if you're miscalling or misdiagnosing the rash? If you think it's psoriasis and you have a true faith at psoriasis and you're wrong, it's eczema, then all that psoriasis shit's probably going to aggravate the eczema more than bring relief from it. So I think the diagnosis of the disease is quite important. We know we've been defeated by something, but how? And what allows that defeat to continue? Even when we enter recovery, we're still in the act of being defeated by it. Yeah, and I can you can see it as an example of how we're knowing it or not. I go into the inventory to look at how self has defeated me in the in in the identification as those manifestations. I think I'm going over my resentments and my fears. And my acting out, how is there good, you know, I, if you want to have an incredible, like, reinforcement of the diagnosis, just see that. Because he says in the next paragraph, resentment is the number one offender. Resentment is a manifestation of self in our lives. You know, it, does it feel that comfortable to walk around our whole life calling a manifestation of self in our lives, ours? I would say that's the act of being bonded to self. How can self bond you? It's an idea. It bonds you through the manifestations it performs through us. So the manifestations occur, we notice them, and we claim them. There's a claiming of them, and now they're ours. You know, alcoholics, thoughts are our thoughts, and now they own us. Yeah, they determine how our day goes. So, uh, yeah, I'm so happy to have this platform, and uh, I really believe it's important not to move from this point, because this point is what brings clarity to all the other points. Without clarity about this point, there's going to be a severe limitation put on the clarity that can occur from the other points of the program, my feeling. Yeah, so thanks. And thanks, uh, Mickey. You're welcome. Thank you, Paul. Okay, from this start, what we're talking about is um, is discovering the exact nature of the wrong and, and being able to do something about it. Does anybody have any questions? I don't see any hands up yet. I know there's questions about it. Questions hey, about anything. Hey, Mickey, the... Mickey, I'll say something here in this. Okay. In the...
sentence where you started, to, we turn back to the list. He, con he describes a condition, yeah? And that condition is, we look at the world, we began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. That's the prior condition, yeah? So we're completely dominated by outside uh, conditions and circumstances. This is what, this is how vulnerable we're seemingly made by the bondage of self. So it says, in that state, the state he just talked about, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. Fancied or real. It doesn't matter if this shit happened or not. It's being made up. Yeah? So we're seeing tons of false evidence, and we're seeing that the false evidence appearing real, and we don't realize that transformation of false evidence appearing real is happening in us. We're projecting it. Yeah? We're projecting the fanciful into the reality. We're not as Paul, but what we are is, is projecting it. We're seeing false evidence, and for the life of us, we completely believe it's appearing real. Yeah? <laughs> and then in that case, these things can basically have... The, in that state, the wrongdoings of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill. Wow. That's an incredible amount of power uh, from taking something that's not so to being so. That's incredible to me. Yeah? I mean, seriously, I have stories about my past, and I believe them. And then I would see my older sister, and then she would correct, like, the basic facts of the situation completely different than I thought of it and maybe that event I thought I knew so clearly was really something that just burned me up for years and caused me to have incredibly bad relationships with my family members and it was all ba based on a fanciful take I wasn't even close to the truth I mean, wouldn't something like that, like, like, ignite a curiosity in a way to see, wait a minute, man, if I feel great, and then five minutes later, the world sucks for the rest of the time, the ages, something is suspicious in that. I mean, I'm reacting to a lot of shit that's not going on, and then projecting a consequence from that. Yeah? And so I could be lit... It could be a, just a fine, beautiful day, and while it's a fine, beautiful day, my head is leading me to fuck it. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm not able to respond to what's happening because I'm handcuffed by this bondage, and I get an interpretation that overrides the event. And that that in that case, what's fanciful seems to be real, and it leads to the possibility of being killed. In, through maybe a thousand little cuts or fucking a big event, but somehow uh, I think that's what's going on when we're directed by self. We're completely misdirected. So, yeah. So, Paul, do you think that this it leads to so many of us uh, often ourselves? Um, for sure, for sure, because if you think you're that, which is driving you crazy, ultimately, all of you got to go, yeah? 
If you see that which is driving you crazy is you, how can you get relief from that? You're still going to be there. So it leads to a point where they figure the whole show has to end for this, for them to get relief, I guess. I don't know. My family, I had two suicides. And I don't know exactly the machinations of what, what led my brother and my sister to kill themselves. But from my view of it, it seemed like they got overwhelmed by circumstances. They were in this condition that we began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. Yeah, I felt that's what. They got outmatched and overwhelmed by circumstances and situations that led them to making that final decision, in a sense, or to be led to that final fuck it. And both of them ended their lives. Yeah, but I know that that limited possibility was totally determined by them not recognizing what was driving them crazy was not them. Yeah, they did not see it as a foreign. They didn't see it as a sickness, I imagine. They saw it as them. Yeah, and them told them what to fucking do, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like this is what happens a lot. Yeah. And once we come into this realization, we have a solution. Yes, there is a solution. And there's always been a solution. But we weren't ready or willing to be open to it. Now we're open to it. It wasn't like AA and the higher power just appeared the day we went into an AA meeting. It's been available, but we weren't, or we aren't, yeah? But see, that's one of the aspects of the disease. The disease is reluctant and resistant to any kind of cure. <laughs> that's, a, that's the big dilemma, yeah? Most people who have cancer want to be free from cancer, most. I don't know, maybe not all of them. But it seems to be a natural uh, reaction to having an illness that you'd like to be free from it or relieved of it. But in this case, because it resides in the head, it has an incredible quality where the patient is resistant to the solution. <laughs> it's just incredible, really. It's incredible, really. I mean, the serious. disease that tells us that we're not really sick. Of course, it tells of tells us they're sick. Yeah. If I could only get away from them, I'd be fine. And of course, it doesn't work and shit like that. Yeah, the par the parasite, if you want to picture it that way, has an active defense mechanism. It's not like resting on its laurels. It has denial, rationalization, blame. It's constantly hiding itself in accusation of others and situations and circumstances. So we've given outside circumstances the power to defeat us, yeah? Hmm. So Paul, we have some hands up. Are you ready for the questions? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's begin with Rich, my friend. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Good, Rich. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I wish I could say the same. I've been I've been struggling 
uh, quite a bit recently. I recognised a long time ago that the only issue in my life is the rattling around of the mind and not just, a, well, not just a rattling around of the mind, but my identification with it. And I'm so clear about that. I know that the problems don't reside out there in other people. It's all my own shit, but constantly thwarting myself. Um, but I just seem, I can't seem to, even though rationally I know that that's not me, I'm so strongly identified with it, really. Like, I really believe that that's me. I know it's not, but I really, and I feel stuck and very trapped and I can yeah. relate to what you said about people offing themselves as you know thankfully it were many years ago but I tried compulsively to off myself for that reason because I recognized that the problem was here so like in a bit like at the end of Fight Club I re recognized that the only way to do it to get rid of it was to get rid of me now I don't feel yeah. like that anymore but yeah I feel very stuck very stuck but in fact, you're not. Yeah, that's the thing, because you have to question what's delivering these assessments. Because yeah. it, could be, it could be part and parcel of the activity of the problem. You can't believe, you basically, in other words, you can believe maybe what your eyes see, but you can't believe what your mental eyes are telling you, because they have an agenda, for sure. Yeah. It's full of shit, but it's so persuasive. So well, persuasive. Yeah, that's why we have service and taking action and stuff. So a lot of times it's great when there's no action needed, but it's very, very valuable to know when there's an action needed. It's just to get out of self, yeah? So that's the why the whole point of service and stuff, in a way, is to, is to break through that habit of that the orbiting of attention and interest around this idea called rich by being concerned with others or getting out, getting out of that orbit. Yeah. And then you feel what it's like to be out of that orbit, because one of the things the head loves is to say, to tell you there's only one orbit. This is it. Yeah. It wants you just to be circling seemingly around this idea of rich and how stuck rich is. Yeah, this is just one of its many little activities. And if you don't act out and don't die, things will change. Yeah, it can't, it, oh, it has like a, the first, the first uh, breath is strong, but it weakens over time. That's why we live with that idea, this too shall pass, because it does, yes? And you, you, and you don't, what you are doesn't come and go. Yeah. And this is the whole idea of trusting the infinite. It weakens the domination that the world and, and people in the world have over us. Yeah. Because now we're relying on, on something that's reliable. So we can start out being okay instead of having a constant surveillance about how bad we're doing concerning being okay or yes. We can start with an okayness and actually start not from thought, but from some other point. Yes. Let's, let's call it a spiritual condition. The spiritual condition is not manufactured and reinforced by thought. It's, it's there. Yes. It's, it's in and of itself on the head is something else. So yeah, you're in a process like all of us are 
Sometimes the process is rocky, sometimes it isn't, but we're moving away from finite self and moving towards the infinite, yeah? Yeah. And if you just don't act out, and to us that means getting loaded, basically, yeah? At least on that level. And you don't die, things get better. They do, inevitably. It's it, You can't... Recovery progresses just like the disease does. It progresses. It's not a fucking hard paddle for 30 years. You break through the rough waters and a lot of it is coasting. A lot of it, you're just fucking cruising. Yes? Yes. Yeah, that'd be nice. Oh, I'm telling you from my own experience. Yeah. The fight's over. Yeah. You're not fighting anything or anyone. And all those uh, effects aren't just unique phenomena. They become a basis of living. You feel like you've been placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort. The problem doesn't exist for you. You're not driven to drink. Yeah. Or to do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and those days can build up. Yeah. And... Uh, and the ability to enjoy peace of mind and all those things become a natural, uh, it's sort of like a stock accessory that came along with the system. You didn't have to earn it or fucking sacrifice for it. You have the ability to enjoy peace of mind. You do. Yeah. It may be disabled at this moment, but it hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. And so we just get, we recover from this, seemingly hopeless state of mind and body and those possibilities become apparent and you can enjoy peace of mind you feel a presence of a power yeah you learn that you can face life successfully yeah yeah and all these things happen and uh they lead to other levels of condition yeah that they weren't able to write about because they only had a few years of sobriety yeah yeah. There's a lot more, like they say in a vision for us, Rich, there's this power is going to constantly reveal to us stuff. Well, it's revealing to you. You can now hear acutely what you used to just have a huge rumbling underneath you all day. You were living from that which you're hearing now. Yeah. You never even noticed when self was coming in. It was already in. So this is a huge uh, step up to me. Yeah. So when people get really confused and flipped out in just the mental machinations, I think it's a great sign because the system is getting uh, irritated. Instead of irritating you, the system is irritated, yeah? Because you're turning the light on it instead of having it use the light on you, yeah? Yeah, so I feel it's a good sign, actually. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, I I just feel like I've got... I look at my life and I've got so much good stuff and I just just don't enjoy it. I don't I don't I do appreciate it. I know how amazing it is, but I don't feel it. That makes sense. You'll have really to get those feel feelings back, you know, Rich. I mean, for me, I had that experience incredibly strong. I had surrendered to cocaine use so much that I was bereft of feeling. I couldn't feel anything unless it was a shot. 
like a physical rush, really. I was really empty. My, uh, it took a while for that shit to come back. Yeah, and the first year of my sobriety, it's been so long since I've been sober, I was suffering under an incredible staph infection. And so life sucked, yeah? I was wondering why, shit, this sucks. I feel terrible all day. And thank God it led me to finally having it diagnosed and I had to go in the hospital and they had to operate on me. But I had a huge colony of staph, this fucking bacteria living inside of my, on this rod in my leg. And it was bumming me out <laughs> completely. And all I, I had no knowledge, so I thought it was me. I thought, this is Paul Sober? It sucks terribly. I swear to God, that was the first year. They, I realized that I had, you know, my leg was so totally swollen and I couldn't remember doing anything to cause it. So I went to the hospital. They have no idea. They just, they say, they just tell you what it's not. They have no fucking idea what's going on. It took them weeks to realize it's not this. It must be staff. And they wouldn't let me leave the hospital. They operated. They just, they scraped the rod off of with all the staff, sent me home. I got sick the same night. They finally went in, took the whole rod out, and I had IV antibiotics for three straight months every day. I had to go to the hospital every day on a weekend. I had to have a nurse from recovery help come to my house and give it to me there. <laughs> Shit. And then I started to feel better. So I had a long way to go just to have the ability to feel and then when I first started to feel sucked, and then I had to go a long way to start feeling better, yeah, because I had to get physically better, because I was completely defeated by that lifestyle, yeah, incredible. So, yeah, bro, those things are gonna come back. Their head will say they're long, long gone, but they're not. They come back. This is a program of recovery. You recover these things. Yeah, you do. So Thank you. take a, you know, use the community. It's the we. See, the best way to go through this process is we, not me. Yeah. We. Yeah. Yeah. And to realize something wants to take us to a point where we're of maximum use to ourselves and others. Not that we get to feel great all the time, but we're more useful. To the whole situation we're in yeah yeah so so if you feel you know i have a little saying you know the alcoholic calls you after they drink the uh recovered alcoholic calls you before they drink that's all you need yeah yeah talk to people before shit hits the fan not after because after it's just harm reduction really yeah yeah thank you, you the point is, is where the greatest possibility for us is, is not starting drinking. Yeah, we're all stopped already not to start drinking. That's it. It's such a passive, really, it's a passive activity, really. It's not doing something. It's not, yeah. Ultimately, it's not drinking. So no matter what goes on, as long as you don't drink, a lot of possibilities are still lit up. Once you drink, the genie's out of the bottle, and now you have to fucking live out its three wishes, yeah? 
Yeah, and then so then it's a lot of cleanup and maybe a rehab. It just goes and it just drags out. Yes, that's what it wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. But see, you're going to go through this feeling without drinking. Yeah, and that feeling's not going to have a long life. It isn't. It's going to change. If you drink, it's going to extend itself. Yeah. And then you're going to get more than one story about how fucking shitty you feel. Yeah. Yes. So you got its pamphlet. If you drink, you get the whole fucking set of books, so to speak. <laughs> it's like one little, little flyer. They want to clean your rugs. You're just getting that. Oh, you feel terrible. <laughs> It doesn't feel anything, I'm telling you, does it? That which is telling you you're feeling shitty doesn't feel anything. It's a narration. It doesn't feel anything. It doesn't. It's all story. It's completely story. It tells you you're feeling totally shitty, but it's not feeling shitty. It's interpreting a feeling you're having as shitty. Yeah. And because we don't have any sound basis to tell the truth from the false, we take the false to be true. Well, you're going to have a sound basis to be able to tell the difference between true and false. You will. This is what gets established. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, I've got a meeting in about... In you, in you, in you. It gets established where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So just hang out, bro, with us and community and keep yourself busy when it's trying to, you know. Yeah, I'm going to say, thankfully, I've got a meeting in about 40 minutes. So, yeah, I, I blobbed yeah. on it last week, but I'll, I'll definitely be there this week. Yes, exactly. And then, and then notice that you didn't do anything crazy. So that's the hand of the higher power in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to honor the demonstrations of perhaps there's a better way, I feel. Because the head won't. The head's going to forget a miracle in a half an hour and pound away on a fanciful resentment. It will. That's what it does. It's, it's nature is of its bias it leans towards contraction yeah yeah now it's confronted with you're in a way of life that's going to expand you so it's not fucking happy about it yeah it isn't it likes to have you alone yeah with a glass or a drug in front of you and then it can just fucking sing you a lullaby and you'll be out to lunch for fucking years. Yeah. So there's so much possibility before drinking. After drinking, they shrink up quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right, bro. Thank you for sharing, Rich. Yeah. Thanks, Rich. And we have... Duncan, 
who's patiently, let me ask him to unmute. How about that, Doug? Can you cut? There you are. Hey, thank you, Mickey. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paul. Um, so I, I apologize in advance if I'm maybe muddying the waters between recovery and non-duality, but I promise my question has sort of relevance to the reading. Um, I guess, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about lately is this idea of, of a higher power or even the parasite or the self as sort of being a sort of a dualistic way of looking at things like the, it's the world of the 10,000 things as opposed to this idea of like there's the greater self which is you know the the infinite or and there's the lesser self which is the ego or the parasite or however you want to say it and and so that's sort of the larger question and in it is a smaller question i sort of was talking about this these things with somebody sort of within the recovery community and and what i sort of got back from them was really pretty um negative about sort of intellectual arrogance and lack of humility and really this sort of sense of of a stick and not the carrot in terms of like you know trying to work these these ideas out in my own mind um and that sort of ironically sort of set up a not very great resentment you know in and of itself and so sorry if this is a convoluted sort of meta question but um uh, maybe you have some some response to 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 this issue. <laughs> well, uh, the dilemma is when it's your issue. Yeah. 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 An issue is an issue, but when it's your issue, then a lot of meaning is given to it, and. Uh, in some respects concerning recovery for the action figure, stupidity can go a long way. It's not a bad idea, keeping it simple, so to speak. And it doesn't have to be juxtaposed with some other view. Yeah, you can see it more as uh, a larger space with lots of views, not like uh, two clouds having it out, yes? but two clouds appearing in the same sky. And so there may be in you uh, a mental value put in your 30 years of Buddhism, let's say, that your head may use uh, as an impediment to uh, disregard or uh, to see recovery as a uh, antagonistic to that yeah but this is more it's not coming from buddhism or recovery it's coming from us yeah we're seeing the the difference not the similarity yes and that that which is seeing the difference may have an agenda to pronounce the differences so that it can excuse itself from one or the other or whatever yes and the point is if the diagnosis is that you're a real al alcoholic or a real addict, and I'm emphasizing the word real, because there is a difference. Some people are heavy users, and if they have a sufficient enough reason to stop, they can. 
real addicts and alcoholics, it's crossed the line. Yes? That they're playing Russian roulette every time they drink because they don't know what's going to happen. Yes? They may look like they, they drank successfully on Friday and assuming on that they drink on Saturday and they're in jail that night. Yes? So this is a real addict and a real alcoholic. And so the mental state may want to think that your feet is in the metaphysical stars, but you're in the dog shit level. Yeah. And so the action figure needs to become sober a day at a time. It needs a way of life that assists that. That way of life doesn't exclude other ways of life, but to use other ways of life to exclude that may not work. Yeah, I'm serious, because the action figure can be stubborn here. <laughs> if, something, if it's got something and you're trying to deal it with some transcendental or something, it's going to just laugh that shit off and you'll be a drunk Buddhist. Yeah. So just be clear or have someone that you trust be clear, you know, about the diagnosis. You know, are you a Buddhist who has a drinking problem or are you a Buddhist who, who's a real addict or a real alcoholic also? That's a different story. You need to, I don't think, it could work. You can apply Buddhism to, to but why? You have a way of life called AA or something that's quite a, quite a, <laughs> quite uh, specific concerning that that alcoholic abnormality, so to speak. Yeah, it, it knows how to deal with that specific target, which is uh, bring brought back to sanity concerning the insanity that precedes the first drink. That's basically what AA is offering. Yeah, it's not saying you'll become sane about everything, but you'll have sanity concerning the insanity before the first drink. Yes, that's the very specific. Yeah, Buddhism is a much larger target. Yeah. AA has got a very specific target. And it's for the action figure, but the solution isn't from the action figures. It's from a spiritual idea or some other thing that's really other than the mental. Yeah, really. You can call it anything you want, but just not mental. So it's an they call it spiritual. So it's a spiritual solution to a mental, mentally derived condition. Yes? Yeah. Now, what happens is the mental can claim Buddhism, yes? And then where the problem resides may be clothing itself in Buddhism. So then it doesn't work. Yeah? Because it's the mental condition once again. And now you may be a drunk Buddhist. Who knows? Yeah? <laughs> That's what happens. I've seen it tons of times. So that's the whole point. So you've got to see that there is a possibility to, for, head, for the head to use whatever it comes in contact with. It will. Yeah, that's what it does. It's mechanical. But you can see it. So then you can see it. And, uh, and instead of trying to see the differences in Buddhism and recovery, you'll end up seeing the huge amount of similarities when you're sober. Yeah, you'll see the similarities of recovery in Buddhism. You will. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
I, I guess you know what I what I often would hear in the rooms is this idea of you know take take what works for you and leave what doesn't. But then when push came to shove, um, when you know when I was leaving what didn't work for me, I got pretty beat up about it. Um, so so that from who from other people. Well, yeah. you know, there's tons of meetings, and remember. The program is very sound, but it's populated with people, you know. There's there's insanity in Buddhism, a lot of it. <laughs> How it's practiced in America. So there's not like we're the only ones who have crazy people in in the way of life. They everything has non-duality has lots of crazy non-people. You know, there's just a wherever we are, there's certain shit, you know. So so everything is dirty here. Yeah. <laughs> Buddhism isn't pristine and clear and empty. Its ideas may be, but the act of Buddhism as people isn't, no. <laughs> so, but at least in AA, it's obvious we're all assholes. So it could lead to a, a clearer recognition. It's not about us really. Yeah, because you can see what happens in a meeting uh, I always used to notice it. A newcomer comes in and says, oh, I've never felt so safe and shit like that. And no one's judging me. Well, everyone in the room is judging them. But because there's a power greater than the sum of everyone in the room, there's love and tolerance as the meeting. That's incredible. Yeah. So remember, yes, the members make up AA, but there's something in AA that's not from the members, yeah? There is an energy, there is a grace. Maybe there is for your Buddhist, Buddhist community. I've never lived in a Buddhist community. I've only lived in a recovery community, but profound, there's a profound energy in recovery, yeah, <laughs> seriously. And it's not coming from the people in it. It's yeah. coming through us, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, if, if you don't like what you hear, and there's a lot of different meetings, you know. You don't hear a lot of this shit at this meeting, do you? No. Well, that, I'm saying that's why I've, I've found myself here, you know, because uh, uh, it just it, it feels a, a, a lot more, um, you know, sane somehow. <laughs> well, then come and take advantage of it, and then hopefully bring what you hear here back to other meetings instead of, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, I understand, bro, because the head has claimed whatever has happened in your life and it's given value to things. And sometimes it sees everything as a threat to that value. So somehow you're going to lose something that you value in Buddhism because of recovery or something. It, it becomes, it always wants to have it like Oklahoma versus Texas, you know? It wants, it's not an inclusive view. It's either or antagonism, you know, either I'm in this or I'm in that. Yeah, but it's not true. You can flow through both. There's so much clarity in Buddhism concerning the mental conditions. I mean, they're the greatest psychiatry is Buddhism. Yeah, really. They have, the, I mean, Lord Buddha and the people have, that I've shared, you can't get a more clearer description of the mental conditions. Yeah, 
than Buddhism. So that's very helpful to people who suffer from a profound mental condition called alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then for there's a there's something about the action figure and how close to the to the street AA is, yeah, that does something. Yeah, we have meetings everywhere all the day. Opportunities for service constantly. No organized leader, nothing. It's just an incredible event going on. Yeah. You know, like a church has maybe three meetings a week. We have 500 meetings a week where I live. I mean, the severity of the problem has, there's been a response to it. People need meetings all day. Yeah. To derail the mental train. So they're all getting ready to go to Fucketville, and then they go to a noon meeting, and they get derailed, and they make it through another day without killing people or shit like that. That's incredible. Every giant city and urban area should send a giant thank you note to recovery, because crime has gone down considerably, yeah, and domestic violence and shit. Yeah, because these people that are in the meeting would be doing something fucking crazy. A lot of us. Yeah. Incredible power. So, yeah, I love Buddhism. I mean, I've, I, uh, but I don't see anything antagonistic to anything else. I just don't. I feel like uh, they're like different shapes of water, yeah? You go to the ocean, a lagoon, the bay, yeah, a lake, yeah. But the element you're in is water, yeah. And that's what's refreshing, is the water, yeah. Yeah, so nice to see you, bro. And uh, Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it was really helpful. Thank you. And, you know, no one, there's no one who's like the picture the poster person for AA. It's a, not about the individuals. It's it's about us, yeah? And we don't have... Yeah, it's so beautiful because you need to hear the message and I need to carry the message. I need to hear the message and you need to carry the message. So it's a beautiful symbiotic situation, recovery, yeah? And it, that's what keeps us alive because we don't have any fucking historical tree it's just a group of people yeah yeah it's an awesome awesome event i feel yeah and it allows me to hate joe who keeps harping on that i use profanity or something yeah i share every time someone will a same person shares right after me to rebut whatever i said i hate the guy but i don't hate him you know it's just what happens yeah. But I don't go to the meeting for Joe. Yeah. You don't know what your presence in a meeting is doing for another person. Someone's projecting a lot of meaning on you. You don't have to fucking argue with them. That's not the meaning I'm projecting. They may think you're a fucking saint when you're a total asshole for that day. And that maybe get them to the next meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks, Duncan.
Okay, let's see. Tanya has her hand up. Tanya, yes. Hi, Paul. Hi, everybody. Um, I don't have my video on right now, but um, I just wanted to, uh, I know this is a um, reflections on the 12 steps. So I, um, I, I, I'm, I've been in recovery for nine years now and just recently started listening to Paul, I guess a few months back, like maybe four or five months I've been, I've been coming to these meetings and I've, I, I wanted to tell you, Paul, that um, something that's been happening to me, and I guess just get like affirmation, confirmation, um, I've noticed that <laughs> I've, I've noticed, I've noticed some weird shit. Like um, I noticed that a lot of things are changing in my life and, and that my mind will come in. Like I, I'll notice that I won't be thinking or I'll be like doing things. And all of a sudden my mind will come in and go, you're not in presence right now. Like you're like that police, you know, part of my, my, my ego or whatever yes. you want to call it, whatever the hell it's called. Um, and, and I realized that the whole day, like things are changing. I'm, I, I like, I'm no, longer interested in the same things that I've been interested in, like, like radically, like I'm fine the whole day. I've been going the whole day and all of a sudden I'll have this thought come in like, oh, you're, you've been doing all these meetings and nothing's changing because I'm still here. And, I, and then I see, oh, that's just a thought. That's, wait, yeah. I, I observe it. And I realize it's like, I come back into myself and I realize. I just, it just hit me the other day because it got a hold of me for a while. It totally got a hold of me. And I went, wait a minute, that's happening. Because how many times do I hear that a day? Like a few times? And I went, oh shit, this is like really like, this is like changing shit. And my mind's trying to tell me that things aren't changing, but things are already happening. And um, yes. right, is that how it is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Stuff was going on. A lot of this stuff is going on unnoticed. Right. And now a lot of this stuff's going on noticed. That's a, uh, that's a, uh, to me, that's progress in recovery. Yeah. And, and, um, and also just like how I've had a lot of people, um, I've been, I've been like really busy, um, studying for an exam. And um, I've just had a lot of people from like the past coming into my life and like having different issues. And, um, and I realized that like, when things are happening that, like these are my friends that need my love. And it, it's like, almost like when they come into my life, like I could see that's the purpose of the moment when they're there is that it's all happening because yeah. like, we need each other and we're all coming back together because of this whole pandemic or whatever. But I, I just feel like I don't care how busy I am. There's this uh, in the past where I'd be like, I don't have time for this. Now it's like, I, don't, I, I can't, I can't explain it. It's, it's like. You're doing pretty well. Explaining it. Yeah.
It's, yeah, uh, it's more of a feeling. And if people have had that feeling or are in that feeling, it's like a feeling of being in a current. And now when you're moving, you see things differently than when you were going against the current. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's, I, it's, well, it's traveling happy. lighter. I'm, I'm, ha yeah. I'm like, I'm not so burdened by stuff. Like when I first came to these meetings just a few months ago, I was so anxious. Like it was bad. I, it was bad. Yes. And I don't, I don't even feel that anymore. And I, I, like you were saying today, like recognize those moments when you're like, I've been doing that. Even on my piano, I put thank you. Cause I have like, I don't have that anymore where I'm freaking out over my anxiety and feeling like I'm going to die, you know? Yeah. Great. Yeah. So I just wanted to thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, this is the point of holding the space. One of the points of attempting to have a platform and hold the space so that this kind of a report can be reinforced and to be uh, held up, yeah, to, to support it, to support this view. Because the traveling lighter uh, is in and of itself the goal, so to speak, yeah? You're not, you're not shooting the traveling lighter for, you're observing your traveling lighter. That's the point, yeah? Right, and, and, so, and part of that traveling lighter, you have to see the source of heaviness. That's just the way it goes. So you got you see how the sort how the heaviness is derived at and reinforced and manufactured really, and to realize that, you know, you have not manufactured your own misery. Something has used you to manufacture misery through. But your facility could be used to manufacture love and peace and shit like that. <laughs> it matters who's directing the factory. So now you're moving towards being directed by the infinite rather than finite self. So what the factory manufactures is different. The product that comes out of you is different. Yes? Yes. I like I yeah, like how I've watched you over the months. Yeah, I know. I know what <laughs> I see the difference. Yeah. I like I like how you said that those thoughts they don't they don't they don't feel <laughs> they're not feeling anything. I liked when you said that. They're not feeling anything. They're going <laughs> off of stimuli and reaction and casting it in a past interpretation and then running out the same old interpretation. And then we most of us swallow it because we don't have any we're not resting on a touchstone that gives us the ability to see false from true, really. So we're, we're easily misled in a way because we don't have a rock. We're not, we're not resting in a solid ground. We're just being moved from this, this uh, opinion and that opinion. That's why being convinced is never of the thought system. Being convinced is like what AA calls the innermost, yeah? There's a place where you can be convinced and it's not in the thought system. <laughs> That's not where being convinced thrives. Yeah. In the thought system, you can be thoroughly convinced and unconvinced in five minutes. Yeah. In, in what you are, there's a place of being convinced where things really can solidify. Yeah. To the point where You've received an answer, and now it's seen over the years as the last answer. 
something has been corrected and just let it keep correcting. <laughs> you don't need to find any more corrective measures. Just you got the correct and let it keep correcting. Yeah. 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 And then you just have, uh, yeah. Rich's share and your share of actually quite similar. So Rich is seeing stuff that he used to be affected by without knowing it. Now he starts seeing it. It's uncomfortable, of course. Yeah. But that's why part of the system's defense is to see it, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. And a lot of people, just like people don't want to go through processes. Let's say a lot of times in life, for you to get better, you got to feel worse. Yeah. So you feel worse and you go through the process and you get to a different better. People just want to take a pill because they don't want to feel bad. So they never go through any process. They just keep they're stuck, so to speak, yeah? So this is the defense of the mental system. The mental system wants to, when there's a movement towards light or as light, it wants to fucking deflect that. It does. It wants to derail it. It wants you to keep hoping you'll arrive at light while living in darkness all the fucking time, yeah? Yeah. yeah, it will have you praying for the relief of the bondage of self so that you don't see that you are relieved of the bondage of self. This is what <laughs> yeah. it does. Yeah. So you're hoping for a future condition and it's being used to deny the present condition. It's just fucking crazy. And that's a, that is an incredible understanding because it's not happening once every full moon. It's happening all day. It's ha it has you hoping for a future condition and using that to deny the present condition. Yes, yeah. exactly. exactly. So basically the solution is here and now. It wants to be there and then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the solution is here and now. Right now, right here. Always available at all times, wherever you are, right where you are with no requirement necessary. That's basically the solution. The mental idea of the solution is, well, maybe, maybe, maybe down the road, you'll be able to enjoy a picnic without flipping out. That's its narration of the, uh, the solution. No, the solution is freedom from that bondage. Yeah, it's not self being free, it's free from self. That's the solution. Yeah. So you've got to learn a little bit. You've got to notice what is you and what's self so you can recognize it. That's uncomfortable because you and self have been bonded for so long. It's uncomfortable to see how fraudulent self is because you think it means you're fraudulent. Yeah. And who wants to run into that? Like it says in the 12 and 12 about the first step, who wants to admit defeat? Yeah. Well, the self definitely doesn't want to admit defeat. Yeah, that's the important thing. Your salvation is based on the admittance of defeat. And yet self never wants to admit defeat. So your basic, your solution cannot be based on self. It can't. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, it tries all these tricky things, right? It's like, and you got to learn how tricky it is. So it's kind of cool to like, to, to see through that tricky mess. Because it takes, it takes, you know, I don't want to say it takes, time but yeah it does take time in what appears to be time right it takes time it takes some 
It can. And the thing is, though, it's not, it doesn't have infinite amount of traits. It has finite traits. And you leave the particulars quickly and you see the patterns of how self defeats you. You don't have to go through every particular. You'll see how it does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you move more and more back where there's nothing to do. So yeah. I thought I was regressing, but I wasn't. It's crazy because my mind was telling me I fell into that trap and now I see. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> see, regression to the mind is progression of recovery. The mental state sees that regression because anything moving away from the mental state is regressive to the mental state. Yeah. The progress is, is exactly what the mental state is calling regression is the progress. Yeah, you're yeah, losing interest in self. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're losing wow. interest in self. That's progress to it. That's fucking scary. Yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't have its own energy. It lives off of us. Yeah. Yeah. It, it needs to have a, a compliant host to fucking have its way. Yes. Well, then this is great news. I'm so happy. Makes me, yeah. makes me happy. I'm glad I spoke up today. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. Thanks, Tanya. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you, Mickey. Joy. Okay, I don't see any hands. Now, a while back, Joy had her hand up. Let me see. Joy, do you want to come in? Thanks, Mickey. Um, I did, but Paul answered the question. Um, It was all to do with the bondage yourself. Um, uh, You mentioned last week that it's like you had miracle grow. I, I go down the same hole every now and again. And um, if people are not doing or saying, or I'm not getting the approval, and I start feeling um, um, I, I pray, I, I, I do as I'm told, I, I, I talk to my sponsor, I pray. And, and I realize that I'm still just so absorbed. Um, and, and reacting, you know, ridiculous reactions over small things and um, still have that bondage yourself and just wishing it away. As you explained it tonight, it, it's still alive and kicking in me. Um, I have to keep listening, keep coming back. I want to read your book. And uh, the last few weeks have done me good. I've only been coming on three weeks. And it's... Um, and I expect so much of myself to be further forward. Um, I, I, I breeze along quite nicely and, and, and I'm very happy as, as someone said, and, and I'm very grateful to be sober. Every single day, I'm so grateful to be sober, but there's still that little bit me that's wants that as well. And wants that as well. It's, it just won't go away. This, um, especially when it comes to family, not doing, uh, following <laughs> my instructions, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am um, yeah. still got this awful uh, ooh, wanting to be right, and I know I'm gonna. I'm thinking about having a tattoo. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And uh, I, you know, I, I keep saying that, and but it's still there in me. This hey, uh, joy, joy. Can I offer you a thing? This is perfect fodder 
for step six and seven. Right. You know, just state you're entirely ready to have this reconfigured and ask that power to do it. This is why the garbage is showing up for it to be put out. Yeah. Okay. It's not just there to make it heavier on you. It leads to lightness. You go to six and seven. That's like the the garbage disposal of the 12 steps. So (laughs) go there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Go so back all to this stuff, you can take it to six and seven. It's nice when you catch it live, but a forensic unit of a couple of days is still good. You just offer that up. Say, hey, am I entirely ready to have this removed? Yeah, yeah. And ask that power that's done so much for us to remove yes. it. And it will. Or reconfigure. Yes. I like the word reconfigure because I think it's just energy. And the head, head has it tied up in a certain weird way. It can be loosened and let flow, and it will enrich your day instead of enslave right. it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's perfect mm-hmm. information to bring the six and seven. Great. And yeah. that will stop me getting carried away with the dramas. <laughs> exactly. Just catch it, offer it up. Then it's none of your business in a way. Yeah. Not you've, my business. Yeah. Yes. I don't. You know, I'm not gonna. I don't usually. Uh, Take the inventory of the garbage man, you know. I just want the garbage out. Yeah, and that's like, yeah. what the fuck, you know. Yeah, just exactly. put it out, and then what's ever left is probably useful, even though you don't think so. Okay, yeah. that's great. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Joy. Hey, let's, uh, th- that's it, Mickey, eh? Yeah. That's it. Are you ready to adios? Uh, I don't need to, but I'm happy to. Yeah, let's go. Cool. Okay. <laughs> but I'm happy to stay also, which is cool. Yeah. All right. So let me say hello to Tommy. Yeah. Nice to see you and not see you. Paul, as always, Paul's bringing out the heavy guns. Don't worry about it, Paul. Let me see. Oh, uh, I see that. All right. Well, I can. I don't want to knock you out, bro. But I can't. I can't show it to you. But just believe me. I got you beat. One to me. <laughs> <laughs> One for you. Oh no! Hold it! Hold it! Hold it! Hold it! Let's see if I can get it. I can't get it though. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's, that's good. It's a pretty good shirt with birds flying. Fucking come on. Yeah, I got the whole Northwest of America on my shirt. All right. <laughs> Sit down. Come back next week. Thursday. Thank you, Oh, that's very good. We got Donna. Nice to see you, Donna. Yes, we've been listening to your music. Thank you. Yeah, very nice. Thank you very much. Mike, as always, it was nice to see you. And Greg, yesterday, you left your shoes, yeah, which is, is pretty hard to do, but you left them here. You give me great hope because I think my memory's bad, but yours is, is something's <laughs> It's hard to leave shoes when you got to walk on cement and stuff, but you did. We got them here. <laughs> we got Stefan on Having Never Left. Always a pleasure to see him. Some people showed up and they their presence has never left the meeting. It's very good. Very good. We got Mickey. Always nice job, Mickey, running the show. 
Thanks, Paul. Yeah. If I didn't have Amelia running my life, I would ask you to run my life. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got Joy. Joy, thank you so much for the share. You're in such you. good hands, Joy. Don't worry. Yeah. Yes. We got Connor from Dublin. Nice to see you, Connor. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. It's good listening to you tonight, man. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Always a pleasure. Hopefully, I'll come over there sooner or later. Yeah, you yeah. better. You meet Tommy yeah. too. Blank, blank, Tommy. You can meet him. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, good, good. <laughs> we got Ruby Rose from Wichita. Nice to see you, Ruby. Walter from the Amsterdam. Oh. Nice to see you, Walter. We got Michael Stacy from Madeira. Yes. Yeah, it's nice to see him. We got Helen. Helen from uh, north of England, the north of England. Yes. Nice to see you, Helen. Yeah. Yeah. Carl, always nice to see you, Carl. We got Jason. Jason, I hope this is a phone number, not your uh, prison number. S32. <laughs> <laughs> We got Leah, always, yeah, nice to see you, honey. Yes. Yeah. It does, you know, the day in and day out, a lot of feelings and shit go. But if you see the overall arc, yeah, it's, it's nice. Yeah. It's got a nice swing to it. Yeah. We got uh, Duncan. Nice to see you, Duncan. Thank you for the, the questions today. It's a subtle thing. Uh, it's almost like a vague outline and you're trying to make it an ink tattoo. You're trying to see something. But it's important how the mental state gives meaning to everything. Other than, we, other than what the thing's bringing to us, we're, there's a lot of putting a meaning on at the same time. Yes? And one has a very strange agenda sometimes. The meaning I'm giving things, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's cool when you recognize it. And that way you can see, like someone shared today about the thief and the policeman. You'll never get a real sense of self and see you, until you see the two, the, the, the two sides of the same coin, yeah? There's the objectified self that's no good and da-da-da. And then there's the new subjective selfing, which is beating the shit out of you for being the objective self. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you go back to, back to the corner, that way you, you get knocked out there. When round two, you go to the other corner, you get knocked out there. <laughs> you realize the fight's rigged. You're not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> self can't get out of self. So surrender. Surrender is the key. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you. We got Rich, A. Eh? Rich, you know, you're a full time, a full, um, a lifetime member of zenbitchslap.com. Yeah. Yeah. Just to let you know. We got SM. Now, I'm not, hopefully, not a practitioner of SM, but who knows? Maybe. SM something. We got uh, Eamon, another Eamon. Nice to see you, Eamon. Yeah, yeah. 
We have Crystal. Nice to see you, Crystal, as always. Are you in Seattle? I am in Madeira with Mickey and Michael. Oh, Madeira. Oh, another Madeiraite. Oh, wow. Oh. You're going to have to have me come over there to Madeira sometime. Yeah. Yeah. You've probably created tons of resentments towards me from other people in Madeira. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see who else. Oh, we got Oliver from Berlin. Malkin. Malkin from the East Coast of America. Not the not the crown jewel, which is New York, but a lesser, a lesser yeah. down south. Yeah. 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 That's it. <laughs> Tanya, thank you for your share today. Very nice. And uh, Alex. Oh, Alex is outside again. Nice to see you. Yeah. And uh, everyone, thank you so much for the opportunity to share with you. Um, thank yeah. you. Yes, thank you. See you guys. I'll be here tomorrow night for recover uh, non-duality. Thursday for recovery. Saturday for non-duality. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye, bye.